our industry is so so jacked. So it's I had, just interesting to bro, me. Bro, I had the same experience. Remember we had that one guy who was in the inner part of, of LA who had an independent shop and he was mm. a Porsche specialist. Yeah. So I go to his store and he's charging $189 an hour. Yeah. And I'm over here going, what is your effective labor rate? And he goes, what the heck are you talking about? I go, what overall? Let's run the report. Because he had their, you know, they have their own little independent stuff. And he, he's he's doing this thing and I'm looking at it and I'm like, you're $189. You're actually like 189 and 17 cents. He goes, did we hire the wrong people to help us to coach us? Like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I can't believe you charge what you say you charge. Of course I charge what the heck I, I charge. I'm one of the best Porsche technicians in the country. Why am I not going to charge what I'm worth? Yeah. Hey, I'm Coach Jay. I'm the G-Man. We've built this podcast for the hardworking men and women of the automotive community. Some of you will listen and be entertained. Others will listen and apply. Our purpose is to provide both. Welcome to the Hard Shop Life. All right, all right, all right. Here we are back again. Hard Shop Life. My wife asked me to do it again. With your boy! <laughs> Coach J and up. G-Man. G-Man, man. It's 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 been a minute, bro. It has been a minute. First of all, let's start, let's start by saying this. We got notified recently, right? By our producer. Uh it told us, hey, uh, your uploads are no bueno. Yeah, that was pretty much it, right? And we're like, what are you talking about? We just we just scoured the earth to get the best content on the planet. And he goes, Yeah, good luck with that. It didn't work. And I'm like, Are you kidding me? So uh, we're here because we had everything booked out. I mean, we're super, super stacked busy, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, like literally we were looking at our calendar and going, okay, we're, we're in this city here. We're in this city there. Oh, you're going over here and then I'm going over there and then we got to come back together mm-hmm. and then we got to, you know what I'm saying? I mean, people tell us all the time, like, man, you guys live in the good life. You guys are just on a mic and doing your thing. And, and we're like, guys, this is the free stuff. Like, this is like the content we want to tell you. We want to come back and tell stories. We want to come back and tell other people's mm-hmm. stories. We want to be able to get somebody, you know, on the mic. Actually, it'd you, be great if we could just do this and make money out of it. I know. I'd, I'd love that. If anybody wants Man, to subscribe, I would pay to subscribe to yeah. this content, please let me know because I'd be happy to take your money. Oh my gosh. But, yeah. Uh, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. I know, right? So, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about, and I, well, before you move on, oh, sorry. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to apologize actually. Oh, uh, so part of producing this podcast, not for you guys to, 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 I don't want to throw sympathy my way, but I'm going to anyways. Part of this, <laughs> part of this, part of producing this thing is tough because we have, have been on the road and we had a, a streak coming up in July, I think it was, where pretty much I wasn't going to be home for a month. Yeah, the entire month we were on the road. And there was a couple of days where I could have come home, but it just didn't make any sense because we were on the West Coast and I just decided to stay there. And I had to fly up to Washington anyway. So, um, and so we, so I, I created, we packed all the gear. I bought a new Pelican case to hold the gear. We packed everything and we had a whole list of, of content that we wanted to produce. And part of that was the books that we keep talking about that we're going to review books and we want to start including those in between the regular episodes as a little snack. And so we did, what did we do? Eight, five, six books maybe Yeah. when we were in Washington. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I packed the gear specifically for that. And then the chip got ruined or the date on the chip didn't <sighs> come through or whatever it was, the recording didn't make it. And so now all that's gone. I had it all ready to go for you guys and start to live up to my promise. And now 
we're going to start doing it over again. So I, I don't know in what order these are all going to come out, but maybe you've heard some books before this happens, but we're going to, we're going to try to re-record it all, but it's delayed what I've been, what I've been, uh, yeah, uh, it's true, right? advertising oh, for the last like five, gosh. six episodes. Guys, <laughs> seriously, we had like seven episodes in the bucket Oh man, and the thing just, and poor G man, dude. So it's, yeah, it's just kind of the nature of the beast when you're out on the road and you're traveling so much and stuff goes wrong and you don't know it till you get back. And, and then all of a sudden you try to, you know, you try to use what you've recorded and it just didn't record. So, you know, it's funny is like a lot of people ask us, uh, quite often G man, like, man, you guys are like have all this equipment and this like podcasting is supposed to be easy, man. You just pop it up and use yourself. One of the mics and whatever. Right. And we talk to our producers and they just laugh. Yeah. They're like, dude, this, this is not, this is not amateur hour, bro. You guys are, you guys are professional podcasters. Now we have you everywhere. We have written stuff. We got people writing content. I mean, it's all this stuff, right? It's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, you like, can, you can, you can no. grab your cell phone. I mean, it is that simple. It you is. Can grab your cell phone, record yourself, upload it to, there's a, um, there's one of those sites that you can just upload it straight from your cell phone yeah. Yeah. and, and it'll automatically publish and it's done, but it sounds like you're recording it from a coffee can, you yep. know, and it just doesn't. And that's hard because we, we want to produce something that, that, that has value, not, right. you know, and again, we're not getting paid to do this, but at the end of the day, that really doesn't matter in terms of the energy we want to put into it. want to make something that sounds good and has high quality. And, and so to do that, you have to have the right equipment and you've got to, you know, you've got to set things up correctly. And so, um, it, we could, we could make our life easier, but then I don't think the finished product would be as good. In fact, I know the finished product. I mean, I'm sure you guys that listen to us are listening to other podcasts out there. And it just, I mean, sometimes they're so bad you can barely listen to it. Right. I mean, we've produced, I've thrown stuff away, honestly, good stuff, like good, good stuff that there's just no way anybody's going to sit for 30 or 40 minutes and listen to that. Right. Because the audio quality is so bad. Like we spent two hours on Zoom one time oh with those guys, gosh, and we so had some of the good. greatest the, parts oh content ever. It was so good, and we had to throw it away because it's just the way Zoom wait, records. Wait, wait, wait. It scrambled it, and it just didn't yeah. come out right. Wait, wait, just just for clarity, though, we still have that right because we flew out to the Bay Area. Oh to no, we got that, that one. one. <laughs> we got that one. We got yeah. Because we thank we, God. I mean, literally, we flew out to the Bay Area to make sure we got that content. <laughs> so, we got all these people from all different places and we're like, let's meet in San Francisco and let's make it happen. So hopefully, so I don't, again, I'm not sure, you know, the producer handles this for us when he, he decides what episodes are going to go where and when and um, they edit them and then they they publish them for us. But um, so I'm not sure at what point you're listening to this. That may have already aired and you may, oh, yeah, yeah, may yeah, have yeah. already listened to it. Yeah. But uh, that is a funny story because we, so we did that Zoom. We call we call these guys are friends of ours, and we said, "Hey, look, we want to get some really good parts content. What do you guys think?" They said, "Yeah, that's great. We're going to do the seven deadly sins of a parts manager, right? Perfect." And so, literally, we spent two hours on a Saturday. I think it was. Yeah, right? it was a Saturday. It was a Saturday. So these poor guys are working jobs, and they're taking their Saturday. They got their wives in the background going, "Are you going to finish yet? Yeah. What's taking so long?" And uh, and they're they're doing this as a favor to us, and then. You know what we thought was coming through didn't come through, and so it was all distorted. And I could, I could, I did my best to try, and I paid a lot of money for somebody to clean it up, and we just couldn't use it. So then we say, okay, we're gonna fly to San Francisco, <laughs> and 
you guys, we're gonna we're gonna rent a we rented a room. Yeah, we got Compass a place. Room. We got a little studio yeah. room, whatever. And so we brought him in, and so then this thing happened with the chip, and this is part of that whole trip, that whole thing. That's one of the episodes we shot, and thank God that one was okay. <laughs> Thank God. Could you imagine doing that to them twice? Well, dude. Like, it, these poor guys would never talk to us again. You know, they, they're they giving up their time for us. They would never talk to us yeah. again. Yeah. We're not supposed to do parts. That's what I would have said. I'm like, gee, man, it's we're just, not doing parts. It's just God stepping in. Yeah, it's over. So, I want to say shout out to Luis and Greg, two really good friends of ours. We know for a very long time. We've worked with and uh, and and had the pleasure of knowing them for many, many years. Many, many, oh, yeah. many years. And uh, like some some great guys and some of the some of the best managers not just parts but service to some of the best managers i've ever seen so big big shout out i just want to do a big shout out to those guys oh they're and if, awesome. the, if you have if that episode you didn't listen to it go, go back, back and see if it's there if not it's coming but it it's it's going to be some really good content those guys are awesome and yeah they are awesome. love to do more episodes with them because they're great oh we will we will it's in the future all right so g-man um now that we got that uh aside I, you know our topic today what i want to talk about so ironic, I, I got to start it out with a, with, a conver- with a conversation I had with my wife. Mind you, my wife is a nurse practitioner. God bless her, right? She's been dealing with the whole pandemic and all that stuff and, uh, and what's, whatnot. And so when we take time with each other, you know, we, we try to spend quality time like you do with your wife, G-Man. And sometimes you try to avoid to talk business at the time. You're like, you're like, okay, let's, let's, let's not talk business. But in this particular case, I got a phone call and we started talking and then we ended up getting on a, in a, in a zoom call, right? Me, you and a oh, particular yeah. someone. And, and we were, we're on this conversation here for like two hours practically. And, you know, my wife's over there like, all right, what are you talking about? And she was intrigued. She was intrigued by the conversation. And so, you know, we're in the car and we're driving to go get some dinner. And she asked me, she goes, hey, you know, you were saying these words like door rate and effective labor rate. And I don't understand because you were saying that the door rate was this amount, but their effective labor rate was a lower amount. And what are the differences and why do they even matter and whatnot? Right. Mm-hmm. I said, well, you know, if if you call into a store and you said, hey, what is your hourly rate? The, the store would in, uh, initially tell you, OK, we charge Let's just say we charge $170 an hour, $150 an hour, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've called in. She goes, I've called in before and say, you know, what is your rate? Well, how much is diagnosis or whatever? And they give me that price. I'm like, exactly. But when we do the analysis and identify the averages, your effective labor rate is effectively what you are actually charging for that hour. Yeah. Right? It, it is what the hour is. It's a difference between what you price it at and and what you say you want to charge for it and what you what people actually paid for it. Right. 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 So I explained that to her and she goes, well, why in the world would it be any different than what your door rate is? Like, I don't get that. Right. And and she I said, I said, OK, she goes, is it like the insurance companies at times or let's say my office? Right. My my she's like she's talking about, you know, but the customer we charge this amount for a doctor visit. Right. Is the effective labor rate what the insurance company wants to pay, and then the customer, and then the customer pays their deductible part, which makes up the difference? I said, no, that's that's deductibles for insurance policies as well. But mm-hmm. there's the insurance companies are paying the full door rate, right? And she goes, well, then I don't get it. Why would it be any different? I said, well, you know, there's something different that happens there, and it's usually discounting. Let's just be brutally honest; it's discounting. Yeah, part of it, sure. Right now. 
but G-Man, how about how about the oil changes that we discount? Look, I get it, right? Yeah, there's but, coupons, yeah, there's, there's discounts, there's yeah. But at the end of the day, it's flexible sh- pricing. It, sh- it should be it should get as close as humanly possible to your door rate. You should set your price mm-hmm. accordingly, right? It's what you're paying. If you're paying and mind you, G-Man, we you and I both know. If I'm paying a technician $25, $30 an hour, mm-hmm. right? Flat rate. And I'm collecting $100 an hour, mm-hmm. right? Right? If I if I lower that rate to $80, if my effective labor rate is $80, right? That's a 20% hit. Am I giving the technician a 20% hit? Not generally, no. No. No, you're still paying a, the tech. I don't know if that's a good practice in this day and age. It's right never, now. it would never happen. Like, <laughs> yeah. it would never, you're going to pay the technician what you yeah. pay the technician, right? If I was a tech and that happened to me, I'd quit and go somewhere else. Exactly. Like, get your pricing right and then call me when you're ready. Exactly. So then my wonderful wife says this, okay? And I love it because it's an outside the industry thinker questioning something that is logical, right? Mm-hmm. So she goes, so wait a minute. This is what she says. So wait a minute. If I call in and I get told, let's say on our car, that the hourly rate's $200 and I immediately go, oof, $200, that's expensive. And I say, meh, maybe I won't go there. I'll go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. But your effective labor rate is $120 and $120 is acceptable for me. You would have lost me as a as a as a customer, right? Because I would have said two hundred dollars too expensive, but you really charge one twenty. Then I would have probably given you my business. So you lost me before even thinking about you anymore. And I said, I literally stopped the car. I go, I have never seen it that way before. Yeah, I've never realized that our door rate. If it is the rate it is, then it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But if you charge less than that, it's a deterrent. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I agree with that. So I was like, what? It, it's got to be confusing for a customer. And I've, I've had this exact same conversation with people before. Um, and, you know, some, a lot of my family members and friends and stuff like that, you know, they, they'll ask about our business and, or they'll hear me on the phone, you mm-hmm. know, when, when I'm at a gathering and I'm supposed to be enjoying myself and I'm talking business. But um, yeah, and they don't they don't get it because they don't understand. Like, wait a minute, you're 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 charging one hundred and fifty dollars an hour, but you're only collecting one hundred twenty five dollars an hour or a hundred dollars an hour. It's like, how does that work? And it's like, yeah, just it, it, it. And then it's confusing for them because to them they're looking out and saying, no, wait a minute, you're you're you know, $150 an hour is too expensive. I'm going to go somewhere else. You're charging that, but you're not actually charging that. So why not just tell me what you're really charging? Right. Like if you want my business and you're, you're willing to accept $120 an hour, why are you telling me it's 150 or, or more? It doesn't make any sense. It really, like when you think about it from their perspective, for us, we're in the business. We understand it. Like we get it. We understand why or what's going into that formula. We're constantly trying. I mean, ELR has been, you know, the, a huge topic for the last 10 years, right? Get your effective labor rate up. So we get that, but they don't get it. As consumers, they don't get it at all. And then when they say it back to you, you're like, we because we've grown to accept it, it you're like, yeah, it seems kind of dumb. You, you feel a little dumb, right? It's like, it's okay. like a wake up okay. call. It's about, so here's the next question that floored me. It got better, G-Man. 
It got better. You ready for this? I'm, I'm ready. So if you say you charge $200 an hour, but you really charge $120 an hour, if you're telling me that this is a top neurosurgeon, is he not a top neurosurgeon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? And I'm like, oh. Well, see, I always felt like that. <laughs> it, 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 the funny thing is, I always felt like that as a technician. So, and maybe not everybody feels this way, but I have talked to other guys that, that feel this way. Is that I okay? So I go to school. I I you know I get I get educated. I'm constantly training on the latest technology, and I'm always looking for ways to do my job better and faster. And I'm I'm investing in myself because I'm buying tools and and keeping my certifications up and all the stuff. And I I felt like you know I'm an automotive professional. Like I, what I do is important. What I do matters. Um, it's a skill not a lot of people have. And so to me, I felt very proud of what what I was doing for a living at that time. And then they discount your labor. And it's like, even though it really doesn't, I don't get paid any different. You know, they, they, they're going to, you know, they're going to give an hour or an hour for a hundred dollars instead of $200. Doesn't change my life in terms of how much I'm going to get paid on the job. It still affected me because it's like, wait a minute, you're like, that value is based on me and my, you're telling me I'm not as skilled. You're willing to give my, my worth away. Like it just bothered me. It always felt like, wait a minute, like, like you should value me the way I value what I've done. The company should hold these guys, these technicians that are out there killing themselves to get this work done. They should hold it at a higher value and charge accordingly for that. Right. And so it's, I, I do think there's some aspect of it too, is that we have to have a, a higher sense of self-worth that we're not willing to just give our time away, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. And, and, and so when I when I see all these things, when you set that expectation so high with a high price point, mm -hmm. luxury vehicles, exotic cars, whatever that is, right? When you, when you put yourself there, and then you dumb it down by by bringing the price down or trying to make an adjustment, mm -hmm. you, you really question the integrity of the backing of that thing, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? For example, let, let me give you more more insight. Uh, I'll never forget, and to this day, he he is now a buddy of mine. Is now a uh, executive chef at a very successful restaurant in Los Angeles. Now, mm -hmm. used to run a Four Seasons hotel, uh, you know, executive chef thing in in another. I'm going to say Atlanta, Georgia, because it was Atlanta, Georgia. And I remember having a conversation with him years back. I've talked to this with our 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 clients, and I said this story. He got all of his meats from the same distributor that Applebee's did, that all the restaurants in the area would get. All the meat comes through this, which was Buckhead Meats, right? Mm -hmm. All the meat for all the restaurants come here, right? Now, the difference in price of my top sirloin and Applebee's top sirloin was, f I think he said, 10, 5 to 10 cents per ounce, per ounce. But he would charge Thirty at that time it was thirty four ninety nine for his top sirloin, mm -hmm. and of course you go to Applebee's it's like sixteen ninety nine or mm -hmm. fourteen ninety nine whatever the heck it was right right, and I'm like if it's the same meat like what the heck makes it different? And he goes, dude, it is not about the meat it's about the experience. You're going to come to my restaurant. I'm going to give you top of top of line service. I'm paying my people the right amount. I'm paying for the professional manner that they're going to deliver on the experience to my customer. The customer's going to pay for that. I've never had a complaint ever of saying, your top sirloin's 20 bucks more than Applebee's. 
nobody's ever said that. Yeah. Why? Why would they ever say that if you give them the experience and you deliver on the expectations that you give on superior service? Well, not just the service too, but then you also have the chef. Exactly. The chef's going to be a different chef in a, Ex- in a Michelin star restaurant than he's going to be in a Applebee's. Exactly. I mean, it just you're, stands you're just- the reason. I hope that's true. Right. Know? Right. Right. And so I'm over here going, scratching my head. Like, it justifies everything. It justifies the price point. It justifies the experience. It justifies the sh- the top chef we have in there, right? It everything justifies the price structure. And guess what? We as consumers pay it, bro. Like we pay it, right? We yeah, know that if we, we want to pay it, and we want to pay it, right? Yeah, I don't want to have to eat my meals like I'm in a cafeteria every time I go out to dinner. Like I want a varied. I want to have that high-end experience, right? You know, it's like, it's not every time, but I definitely want to go have that, right? I mean, it's it's true. So 100%. it's like, it, it, so it needs to be there. So, I mean, I think case in point for dealership versus independent, like an independent's not the same experience in most cases. In some cases, there's some, some nice ones out there, but, you know, most of the time, the furniture's not as nice. The waiting area's not as nice. There's not as many amenities. You can't get your car valets. A lot of times they don't have loaner cars. They, you know, there's a lot of things that are different, including the fact that, you know, the quality of the, of the guys in the back typically are going to be higher at a dealership because they have factory training, factory tools, factory parts, factory information. It's like all those things matter. Like all those things have a value point. Well, now. you know, I got to give one point to the independent. I I did experience one time. I took my car in for service to an independent shop. G man, I have to admit, it, it was a European guy, uh, European shop, and um, he prom- he 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 marketed that he had loaner cars, hmm. and so I took the car in and and got a simple service done and whatnot. Had to do a coolant service. Had to do a brake service, brake fluid service, and I did an oil change. And I said it was convenient. And they said they had a loaner car. Right. So I get there, I drop off the car, guy's super nice, very competitive pricing. It was about 25% cheaper than the dealer. Not much, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, did a great job, gave me a great experience. And then I said, Hey, I got a loan. He goes, I got it. And guy had a little bit of an accent. I can't replicate it. Right. He was like, he was like from Eastern European, nicest guy though, nicest guy, deep, deep accent. And, um, you know, he says, he's like, Yeah, I got you a great, great loaner car. It's parked outside, it's over there on the, it was a 1989 brown Mercedes Benz 300E. <laughs> With horsehair seats, probably. <laughs> bro, bro. I got into this thing. Um, it was semi clean. What I didn't understand is the gauges moving back and forth, you know, because they because they were so old. So you didn't really understand what it was going on. And so the f- second I got into it was the second I said, How soon is my car gonna be done? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and guess what I learned? You pay for what you get. Mm. You know what? If I would have just taken the car to the dealer, they would have given me a nice little shiny new car. I would have gotten the loaner. It would have been nice. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so I think we take ourselves for granted. I think that we do not do a good enough job of our belief systems of our own worth. I agree with that 100%. I mean, and, and spend the, a little time on some of these Facebook pages that, you know, that are for, you know, dealer people and just listen to the way they talk about their own profession. Oh my gosh. I just, there are time, I get it. Not, you know, there's some bad places to work and everybody needs a place to vent, but sometimes it bothers me because we just devalue ourselves. We just don't. And, and, 
I, you know, I, I had the uh, fortunate or unfortunate, no matter how you, or how you look at it, depending upon how you look at it, experience to work in an independent, um, for quite a while. I was out there in the independence for about five years. And, uh, and I'm telling you, it's, it's, it makes you appreciate what you get from working at the, it makes you appreciate the difference Mm -hmm. between the two. And you really get to see, you know, firsthand what happens at these places. And, um, and I, I, I just think to me that experience helped me to, to understand that there's a lot of value there. And I mean, we've done this, you know, we did a podcast and you can go back and look on, I think it's episode four or five. It was one of our most downloaded podcasts for a while there, which was about, it's all about, is it all about price, right? Mm-hmm. This customers, is that what they shop on? And this is a similar conversation, but at the end of the day, it, you know, part of that is like, it, not only is it, our customers, our customers looking for something different, better, right? They're looking to pay for something that's a, a better experience, a better quality. Um, but not only that is, you know, they also, it, it, the, the pricing has to make sense. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, how we started this conversation is, is, you know, is the ELR versus the, you know, the door rate. Well, I can tell you one thing that's not happening in the independent side. They're not having that conversation. Never. They never. They don't they, even talk about it. Look ever, at it. So ever. I, I had a, you know, again, I had another experience. We did a, a coaching program with a group of independent shops. It was on the East Coast, and I had about half a dozen of those guys in a room, and we were helping them work through their numbers and, and talk about profitability. It was a little bit of a case study on how the two industries are different, and uh, and yeah, they don't like you talk about effective. They don't even know what that is. They're not even looking at it. They don't even really care one way or the other. Their pricing is so so clean and consistent. It's ridiculous. And so then here we are saying one price and then charging another. It's such a weird. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, it's, it's. Our industry is so. So jacked. So it's I had the, interesting to bro, me. Bro, I had the same experience. Remember we had that one guy who was in the inner part of, of LA who had an independent shop and he was mm. a Porsche specialist. So yeah. I go to his store and he's charging $189 an hour. Yeah. And I'm over here going, what is your effective labor rate? And he goes, what the heck are you talking about? I go, what overall? Let's run the report. Because he had their, you know, they have their own little independent stuff. And he, he's he's doing this thing and I'm looking at it and I'm like, you're $189. You're actually like 189 and 17 cents. He goes, did we hire the wrong people to help us to coach us? Like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I can't believe you charge what you say you charge. Of course I charge what the heck I, I charge. I'm one of the best Porsche technicians in the country. Why am I not going to charge what I'm worth? Yeah. It's what he said. That was an interesting thing about that guy too, was that statement alone. He's like, of course I'm going to charge. Like I'm one of the best Porsche techs in the country. I only have the best. We have the best equipment. Like he was just like full of pride. hundred percent. Yeah. To a yeah. point of almost being conceited. Exactly. But he fixed everything. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> and so there's gonna be so there's gonna be a listener right now, G Man, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do the voice again for you because I'm gonna give you a voice. Okay. But G Man, I can't I can't I just can't fathom charging the amount for comebacks if my technicians could fix cars right. If I could that's why I give a discount. Mm-hmm. How many times, G Man, have we gone into stores, done RO reviews, looked at storylines, looked at everything, sat down, observed, and said, "Did the technician really fail in this in this repair order here? Tell me where the technician messed up. Show, oh, wait, show me where the parts department messed up. Oh no, hold on, tell me where the BDC messed up. Come on, give it to me because I'm so used to the excuse from the service advisor. No, 
you messed up and you gave a discount because you didn't call the customer back mm-hmm. because you had to make it up some way. Right. Yeah. Because you felt the guilt. We talked about guilt earlier, right? Mm-hmm. The most powerful freaking emotion is guilt. Yep. And when you feel guilt, you feel that you have, you're obligated to give them the discount. Yeah. Right. How many times did you hear that, G man? Because I know I did as a service manager, service director. You did it as a fixed ops director all the time. Customer would be like, I'm not asking for the damn discount. I'm asking you to give me my car back. I'm asking you for you to finish it on time. I'm asking you for not wasting my time. Yeah. I didn't ask for a discount. You think that you just solved my problems by discounting something? That's not what I asked for. Yeah. It's fun. So it's funny that you say that I had an an experience recently. My wife uh, wanted to go. Um, so her and her girlfriends get together every year and they've been doing this. They're, they're friends since high school. So, and every year they go do a girl's trip together, no matter where they're at in the country, they come together. And, uh, and so they all turn the, I'm going to, sorry, honey, I'm going to out you. They all turn 50 this year. <laughs> sorry. Baby. Don't worry. G man, trust me. The, the fifth, the fifties, a new 30. That's right. That's yeah. it. Fifties, a new 30. So they all turn 50 this year. Right. So they wanted to do something big. So they went to Nashville, right? And they had a problem with the Airbnb and she was just like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Can you help me? She calls me. And so I call the guy and start talking to him. And, uh, and I was just telling him like, look, this is just unacceptable, you know, and, and this and that. And he's like, well, you know, um, I, I'll tell you what, I'll give you $50, a $50 credit or something like that. And I was like, I don't want the $50. I told him, look, I don't want the $50. I don't even know why you're offering me $50. I don't want the $50. I want my wife to have a good time. I want her and her friends to enjoy themselves and not be in and be able to go and do this thing and not be thinking about the problems that are existing in, in the residence. So just fix the don't I don't 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 even offer me the discount. I don't want it. I'll pay all the money. Tell me I got to pay extra to make it right. Just make it right. Bro, I love this story because <laughs> I was there when you got the call and I remember us talking about it and you were. Like you were furious. And the one thing that really tipped you over, I don't know if you remember, I'm surprised you haven't said it, right? Is he goes, Hey man, what do you want me to do? This thing is out of my control. Oh. And you were like, you, I mean, you went sideways out of your control. <laughs> I go, everything's in your control. Don't tell me it's out of your, this is your business. But I mean, it's, so that is, you know, and that's a thing. I think a lot of us in the beginning, we make that mistake and, and I, you know, I'll bet, hundred percent. I made that error when I went, when I, you know, moved from a technician to become a service advisor. I'm sure I did. Um, but it, cause it's natural is that you're like, well, I, what am I, I can't control the Porter scratched your car. I have no control over that. Right. The car wash didn't get your car washed. The tech left your bolt loose or whatever. The You're the representative of the company. And that's a hard thing. And I know advisors out there, again, I don't have the, but G man voice, but they, but I'm sure that's what's happening if you're listening to this. And I don't want you turning off the radio because we do feel your pain. You just can't say it. Yeah. You just can't say it. It, 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 it it's, it just, it, it's like a waitress coming up to your table and saying, I know you guys have been waiting a long time. The chef dropped your steak and you know, there's nothing I can do about it. And I'm frustrated as you are. That doesn't help the situation at all. Yep. Right. What helps the situation is look, I know this has been hard on you guys. I really apologize. You know, I'm I'm doing everything. I want to do everything I can to make this right for you. How can I help you? How can I how can I make the situation better? How can I improve this? Like take the ownership of it, offer a solution, offer to make things right. Like that makes so much of a difference for that customer 
Because when you're saying it's somebody else's fault, you're basically like telling the customer they don't have, there's nothing you're willing to do for them, basically is what you're saying, right? Yep. I'm not willing to, to even have a conversation about how to rectify it. And this is where we start to lose traction on price, right? Th these are the things that start to stack up. And over time, you start to cloud your judgment when it comes to starting to sell and, and sell things and holding price. I agree. You, you were talking about guilt a minute ago and it just hit me. <laughs> you're feeling guilt from that customer, you know, two weeks ago. Oh yeah. And that's affecting how you're selling today. Right. Yep. Because now you feel like we, well, as an organization, we can't do anything right. 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 But and meanwhile, it's just, it, you're going to, things are going to happen. People like this guy with this Airbnb, like I would probably use him again. Had he spoken to me differently. He owned it. Yeah, had you he, just owned it. I would have. I would, but now I'll never, ever, ever go back there. Never, ever. never. In a million, I don't care how nice the place is. I don't care where it is. I don't care if it's the last hotel room on the face of the planet. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give him my money. It's unfortunate. Okay, so uh, service managers, if you use this, because we've been told, G man, I don't know if you know this, but I've been reached out lately where a couple of people said, "I play, we play your podcast in some of our." advisor meetings. So we listen to the content, which is good. You know, I want to share it with my people. So if you are sharing this with your advisors, warning, shut it off now because I'm about to make you look bad service managers. <laughs> shut it off. You've been warned because now it's your turn. I'm going at you. Okay. G-Man, how many times do we look at the door rate and we look at the effective labor rate and they are always so off. And then we want to wonder why we see all these excuses, right? But we know it never moves further than that because we go to one last thing. So service managers pay close attention because this is the, some insightful stuff. General managers pay close attention to this. Where do we go? We look at your pay plan. When your door rate's $160 and you start telling your employees, your service advisors, well, if you stay like 120, 125, and then I'll, I'll, I'll start bonusing you from 125 to 130, 135, one, but I cap it at 135. Yeah. You get no more bonus if you're at 135, but your door rates 160, right? Mind you guys, I'm telling you, I don't get as affected as G-Man does. He cringes. He goes, then just charge what it is. Like, why do you have that door rate? It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant when your advisors are compensated on a bonus that is far below your door rate. Yeah. It's that's infuriating. Yeah, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. It drives me nuts that you're like, well, yeah, my my door rate's $160 an hour. Or my door rate's whatever, $200 an hour. And then you're like, yeah, but you you're not getting that. Hold on, hold like, on. At what I, point are you getting that? Hold on. I gotta do the I gotta do the voice of every <laughs> single time. You go sideways. <laughs> and their next question is this. But G-Man, what should we charge then? <laughs> what should it be, G-Man? You know what's funny is I had, so I had a conversation today. I had a conversation today with a service manager. And he, you know, he asked me that too. What, what should we charge? And what was my answer? You and I talked about this. What did I tell him? 
you know what i like i want you to say it because i I love it when you say it because i want i want everybody to hear you should charge whatever the customer's willing to pay there you go that's that's simple that should be what your labor rate is and so if you've determined you know through analysis and trial and error and you know the things you have to go through to set price that you you can justify 150 dollars an hour in your market then and customers will pay that, then that's what you should charge. And then you should not feel guilty about that. And here's why you shouldn't feel guilty about it. Your business deserves to make a profit. Your people, technicians, your service advisors, your porters, your, your, they deserve to earn a living. And that living is predicated on what people are willing to pay. And so why would you not try to make your dealership as profitable and as successful as possible so you can have well-paid, successful, happy people that help these customers that want to pay for that, right? I mean, that to me, you have good technicians. You got to pay for them, right? I mean, that cost is going up dramatically. So what are we supposed to do? Like at some point, that that cost has to be passed on to the consumer. We don't have a choice. So that that to me, that's the thing. And then guys feel guilty about it because they're like, well, I don't want to rip the customer off. And I think that's, it, it is what it is. People are willing to pay for things of value and they're willing to spend a certain amount of money. And there is a breaking point at which they won't spend that anymore. And you won't know what that is until you get there. Dead on the money. We, I have seen guys raise their labor rate pretty much every month for an entire year trying to find out where the ceiling was and they never got there. Yeah. I mean, we had, we had, we have one of our stores, right. That, that raised their door rate by 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. Right. And we had to sell it to them only because we gave every technician a raise to keep them because guess what? People were trying to snatch them. Yeah. We had to give raises. So we raised it. They're like, Oh my God, how can we afford this? Oh my God, this is going to be crazy. I'm like, just raise the price. Like what's going to happen? And now compared to the other stores we have in the same little comp that we do, right? They're number one, not even blinking. They're killing it. They're doing it. They gave all the technician raises. Nobody left. Everybody's good. They're still two weeks out, (laughs) right? Nothing's changed. Let's keep going. Yeah. I always think that's an interesting thing too, where you're booked out two weeks, but you're giving discounts to customers. Like I've got a customer standing here that doesn't want to pay my labor rate, but I've got two weeks worth of customers that want to pay to come in. Yeah. That would probably pay more if you could move them up the line. Yeah. Like the guy's got a trans issue and he's two weeks out and he's like, Hey, I'll take that guy's spot and I'll pay 20 bucks more. Bro. I'm telling you right like, now. I'm telling you, people will pay to move up that line. Exactly. And meanwhile, we're giving it away. Pe- no, wait, people will pay more G man. People will pay more. If I had a car problem and I said, Hey, listen, and I called into my store and they said, okay, I can get you in tomorrow, but unfortunately, it's at this price. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't care what it is. Get me in. I need to get back on the road. I need to get going. Let's go. I don't care. I mean, and they're like, oh, that's highway robbery. Really? They go talk to Disneyland and Disney World because they charge you extra to go to the front of the line. Yeah. Right? Go talk to, 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 to Six Flags, Magic Mountain, all these other places that have, you know, every place has it. You want to move up to the line? You got to pay for it. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. You did it when you go to the clubs. Yeah. You do it when you go to the bars. That bar, that that guy at the bouncer at the front door. Guess what? You're paying. Yeah, you're paying to cut. Yep. We were in Vegas one time, <laughs> and we're old, right? And we don't. I don't really want to. I don't want to 
party with the young kids. Yeah. You know, but there was this club that, that, uh, it was the, um, marquee in, uh, um, shoot, what's the name of that hotel? It's the Encore. The Cosmopolitan. The Cosmopolitan. That's right. It is. And the marquee club and everything. Oh, you got to see this place and everything. And I get there and the lines around the freaking building. I was like, there's no way I'm standing in line for this place. Right. It's already 11 o'clock at night. I want to go to bed, you know? So I, I gave the guy 300 bucks just to let us in the door. And then I had to pay the entrance fee to get in the door. And we were there for, you know, an hour or whatever. And then we left and, but I wanted to see it and I'm willing to pay to skip the dang line because I don't, you know, it, to me, it's, it's, I, I, I wanted to pay because I wanted to see it. That's it. Right. If I didn't, if I was just there to party and pick up girls or whatever and be part of the bar scene, then yeah, I'd probably wait in line and not spend the money. But that wasn't my motive. So, yeah, I think that there, there is, you know, there, there are people that that are willing to pay. There, they are, and and I, I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's funny too because if you if we're having this whole conversation, this is you know the second time for sure we've talked about this, maybe more on podcast and and uh it's not like it, it's not like it it affects us it's not like it, the minute people raise their effective labor we're going to get paid to do this podcast you know no, what i mean exactly <laughs> no but it to me it's just like as an industry it does feel like we're behind you know it's it feels like we're behind the curve and um and as a result it creates struggle and we see it every day we see advisors struggle we see technicians struggle we see owners and dealers and service managers we see service managers get fired on the weekly because they're not profitable and and we're not taking the proper steps to fix that you know what i mean yeah and it we, as an industry we could we could we could be perceived better we, we would feel better the people that work in this industry would feel better this this would become you know i think about technicians right now and how hard it is to find people and how how uh, few people are looking at this industry as a long-term career, something they want to do, young people. And it, and it has a lot to do with some of these things we're talking about, right? And, and, and the, the stress of it all and the difficulty it is, how hard it is to make money and, you know, getting a raise. And it's like all the stuff that these guys go through every day. And it's like, if we were to fix all that, I think, you know, some of our long-term problems, some of the things that we've been tackling for the last five or six years would start to evaporate and it starts there, right? It starts holding price. It starts feeling comfortable charging customers appropriately. And, and then, you know, then setting up a structure that where you pay people, right? Yeah. So I'm going to say this G man, and, and, and we'll wrap this up because I think we're, we're beating a freaking dead horse. And a lot of people are probably mad at us for all that we know, but here, here's the facts. The facts are this. And, and here's our advice. Don't regress. Okay. Don't really listen to us and say, well, lower all your prices. No. Believe in what you're what you are and who you are and what you're capable of doing. Set the price accordingly and fix it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know how to do it, I'm telling you right now, I can't believe I'm doing this right now, G Man. And 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 I hope I'm not opening my mouth and sticking foot in the in the mouth. But you want a free analysis on how to do it? Reach out to us. Mm -hmm. Info at JDI. If you're if your door rate's $170 and your effective labor rate is 100 you have a massive belief problem. Massive. Right? And, and I'm not telling you move it down. No. Get your people to believe up. Yeah. Get your people to that's know exactly what it's right. worth. Mm -hmm. Right? And if you don't know how to do that, that's why we are there to coach you. Right? 
because those are the things that we do. You know, and it's funny, G-Man, all the time people say, well, what did you guys really do? You guys just went up here and changed the price. Are you kidding me, dude? We changed your people's world. That's what we did. Okay. Because before they thought they were worth a hundred and you were telling people you were worth 200. Yeah. So you were liars. Okay. You were liars. So we had to come in and not only tell your people they're worth the $200 per hour price. We had to convince your market yeah. that you were worth that. What's funny is this last group we were working with there. Um, they haven't changed their door rate in two years and, but their ELR keeps moving up. <laughs> Love it. It's like, why even have that number? Well, there? you don't have to have it. Exactly. Exactly. It's just, just funny. It's it like, just, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's going to take them another two years to hit it. Yeah. You know, it's like, it doesn't even really make sense to me. It's just, it's, it's just funny. But, but to get, to get that number to start to move towards the door rate that they had established long before we got there, um, it took, you know, it took a, I mean, it's, it's been, a, uh, a labor of love, I would call it, you know, it's been a struggle for us to get them to move their own, their own pricing, their own standards up into a point in which they set it. Mm -hmm. They set the price there. Yep. It's just, it's just so fascinating to me. And it's, it's just, it's really is human psychology, right? The minute that changes, then the number goes up and it starts to go up pretty easy, but it goes up and it hits another ceiling, right? Yeah. I love it. It's, it's, it's funny just, to watch it happen. Buddy, it happens all the time. Yeah. Right. Or they want to justify it. Like, did you hear that? So-and-so across town is now 170. We're moving that door rate. Move it now. Right now. Change everything. Go on the website. Move it from 155 to 170. Three months later. What's your effective labor? Oh, it's still 100. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, that's, like, not gonna that's not going to change. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, there we are. So. I guess it's all about price part two, but it's I about know, the right? labor rate and freaking <laughs> door rate, but enjoy it. The lesson I think in this whole thing, like go all the way back to the beginning, like figure out what you want to charge and then charge that. Yeah. Don't make it confusing for your customers or your people or whatever. And you, you're going to have oil changes and you're like, well, you can't avoid it because you're going to have a uh, low price. You're going to pay attention to your lost leaders. Lost leaders are lost leaders. Nobody's out there thinking, oh, by the way, I need to get a four by four service or, oh, by the way, I need to get an alignment on my car. They're not. Those are impulse buys. Focus in on the stuff like an oil change is a loss leader, right? Maybe tires, batteries, maybe, but really oil changes is, is the key. So you're going to lose a little bit on those. Focus on conversion. You're bringing those customers in. You're losing money on that service to make money somewhere else. If your effective labor rate drops like a stone, you're missing one part of that formula, right? You're going to bring them in. You have to sell, which that means you have to learn how to convert on low price oil changes. And it's it's an art and you got to practice and you, you can't get good at anything in this world if you don't spend time practicing that one thing. So if again, if you're in that situation right now and you're that's your reason why those two don't line up your door rate and your effective labor rate. You need to take a look there and you need to get that fixed or stop running the discount because maybe you don't need it. You're two weeks out. Why are you giving away cheap oil changes? You know, what's funny is that I'm, I'm going to give a teaser for our next episode or a future episode that we're about to record. I want to let everybody know. So G man just said, yeah, oil changes, tires, right? And it's funny. There's the number one thing trending right now is, customer retention. 
manufacturers are requiring it. Mm-hmm. They're requiring it for their for their you know excellence awards, president's awards. Is they look at the service retention number, right? And I'm going to tell you the secret, guaranteed secret of maximizing your service retention. There is one thing, one product, one thing on your service drive. I guarantee has more retention power than anything else. Mm. Than I'm, anything I'm, else. I'm interested. You got me on the edge of my seat. Bro, next episode of Hard <laughs> Shop Life, baby. It's coming to you. All right. Thanks for tuning in to Hard Shop Life. Hit the subscribe button. I promise the books are coming. I promise. Maybe they're already there, but I promise we're doing that. Um, I got my stack of books. We Again, we shot a bunch and they're gone. But uh, but we'll, be, we'll get back in the saddle and uh, we'll get some of that content coming to you. The advisor series is still in play and we are continuing to interview every time we go somewhere across the country. Not only that, we've had some people call in and uh, and we're starting to work through some of the people that are reaching out to us that want to be part of our top advisor series. We are looking to- Gee, in- man, there's a guy from Kentucky that reached out to us yeah. and says, hey, man, I think I qualify. How can I- Yep. Will you come out and see us? I'm like, yeah. Do you have bourbon for us? <laughs> it's close. I know. I'm on my way. <laughs> So if you want to be part of that, reach out to us. Again, we're you know we're gonna we're gonna start bringing that kind. I to me that content is gold. I love every time we get a chance to talk to somebody in the field. I love it so much because of what we learn from it, and we're trying to learn every day and become better coaches. And uh, we want to pass that information on to you guys, so you guys can share that with your service advisors or advisors that are listening to it. You can draw from it. And, and just pull one tip, something out of it that'll make your life easier, make your day better. So to me, I, I love that series. And if you want to be part of it, please let us know. Hit the subscribe so you get notified anytime new content comes out. Check us out on Facebook. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode of Heart Shop Live. This is-